2: Now in at Tottenham, back in English football today.
1: Is it a Ramona? Ketchup uh, uh, brown sauce. Yeah, Busy drinks is gone.
0: Welcome into the Tottenham Depot. I am your host, Andrew. You can follow me at AStedka. You can follow us at Tottenham Depot. We have got a loaded show uh, for you this week. It is it is going to be busy. We've got a lot to talk about. There's been a lot going on in the world of Tottenham Hotspur this week, uh, from, from cash influxes to appearances on late night shows, um, appearances at, at NBA games earlier this week. Um, but we're also going to do kind of a an evaluation of each player for the season and kind of wrap it up in that way uh there's going to be a little bit of look ahead but we've got a lot of time to look ahead and i know that i'm going to have to pull the reins back on some of of my panelists here uh to, to in order to do that but we'll throw it around the room and we'll start by throwing it out to the man in san diego he is the todd father himself at tc underscore show on twitter todd what's going on my friend
2: Guys, any day that you get together with uh, some good friends, talk some Tottenham Hotspur football and get to have a conversation about 150 million pound war chest is a good fucking day. Let's go.
0: A good fucking day. Indeed. Uh, we've also got Dakota with us back. He's, he's making it a streak now after a little bit of time away at Dakota J Booth. Dak, what's going on, my friend?
4: Two in a row. It feels good. Uh, you know, what else feels good is being right about defending Daniel Levy for the last three years. Which we will mm-hmm. talk about, but I'm just going to go ahead and give myself a big old pat on the back for that
0: one. Yeah, don't 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 hurt yourself. Don't strain your arm doing that. Uh, we've also got Scott. He is at DSM Spurs. He is uh, living that life up in the Pacific Northwest. Scott, what's going on, my friend?
1: Not much, man. I'm going to crack a beer. Hold on. Oh, uh, there it is. is. Cheers. That is because we fucking won the league. I don't care if we actually didn't get first place. We fucking won the league. No, the city, the city victory was so just nonchalant (laughs) and underwhelming. Like they, a couple of people showed up. Like Tottenham fans burned the fucking world to the ground over top four, baby. So I'll take what we went through any day. I, I actually, I I was just in Palm Springs for for ten days visiting family and flying out. The dude at the counter. Saw my Pirates jersey and asked who it was. I told him it was Pirates and started talking soccer. Found out he was a City fan and I congratulated him on the title. And he was like, "Yeah, thanks." You know, <laughs> just another one. Just, just, just another, super just, like whatever wow. about it. That that I, oh, that dude. actually
0: makes me so fucking angry. But go on.
1: <laughs> I mean, honestly, if I if I had just won the Premier League, I'd be asking everybody that flew out that day. Did your fucking team just win the Premier League? Just over and over and over because I would be ready to talk to everyone about how my team just did. So, anyways, fuck City. Congrats! There on will the there will there donna. will come a
0: day when we can do that. You're you're exactly right. Yes, yeah, I, I I I totally forgot that Scott was not able to be with us uh, after the end for the end of season pod last week. So obviously you got to get your got your get your licks in. And good for you. I, I I love that for you. Uh, Caroline is also with us. She is at CG Stefco on Twitter. Caroline, how are you?
3: Doing all right. I took a few days off of thinking about football at all, uh, which was refreshing. Yeah, um, but I already miss Tottenham, and I feel like it's going to be a very long summer.
0: You know, I, I I get those vibes, and I feel that a little bit too. But also, I think I feel like we're we're we don't realize how quick it's going to come up that 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 this South Korea tour is going to happen, and and everyone's going to be, um, you know, it's a hot spur coming. And... It's a hot spur summer. I'm telling you. It's going to be a hot spur summer. I like that. Instead of hot girl summer, it's hot spur summer. I like that. That's well done. Well, damn done, Todd. Uh, We've also got a debut on the podcast tonight. Uh, It is Chad. And many of you may know Chad from the previous podcast. that doesn't exist anymore that many of us were on. Um, But Chad is with us because we love Chad. And Chad is joining the Tottenham Depot for the first time, he is at Chad Moss thirty-two. Chad, welcome on board. We're glad to have you. You're gonna you're gonna give us your your beautiful insights and opinions uh, here a little bit more going forward. We hope.
5: Gosh, it's so great to be here, guys, Depot family. Um, I'm a little nervous because this is really, you know, if you think about it, my first appearance on a real podcast. So go easy on me tonight. I, I, I would appreciate that. But you know, just just uh, you know, obviously celebrating. Uh, finishing above Arsenal for the sixth straight year. Is that right? Nothing uh, wrong with that. So we'll we'll stick that one in the cabinet and have that guys.
0: Absolutely. And uh, we're, we're happy to have you on board. Um, before we get to the fun and frolic of everything Tottenham Hotspur, just wanted to um, take a second and pause and, and, and kind of recognize what a, what a horrendous week it's been here in the United States. Um, you know, I know that, that the news has just been horrific and, Um, we, we serve here to, to be a distraction from, from a lot of that. And we kind of just want to recognize that we know that it's, it's, it's not an easy time for anyone. Um, I know that, you know, uh, it's, it's been hard for all of us individually. We, we've kind of leaned on each other as a podcast family here, and we hope that anyone out there who's dealing with just the, the weight of it all is, is able to reach out and find someone, um, to, to lean on. Uh, and, and hope we hope that this podcast can kind of be something that you lean on as a distraction from everything going on in the world around us. Um, these, these mass shootings just continue to pile up and it's, it's horrific and horrendous. And, um, Caroline, I know it, it's kind of touched really close to you. You're, you're not far from, from everything that went down this week. So, um, we just, we, we keep everyone in our thoughts and, and hope that more can be done to, to stop this kind of stuff, um, so that we don't have to continue, recognizing that it's happening and 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 rather would just like like for 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 more shit to get done. Um but we're here to 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 be the the outlet for you hopefully and and be the positivity and the you know even if it's just an hour hour and a half of you getting away from it all. Um we're we're going to hope to be that for you here at the Tottenham Depot. Um there's no easy transition or easy way to 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 move from that conversation to to what we're here to talk about but um we We got news this week, not only for, first of all, let's just mention I, I did I did bring it up. You know, we saw Eric Dyer and, and a few others at the Miami Heat uh, game earlier this week. That was fun. We saw Harry Kane on Jimmy Fallon, and full disclosure, we're recording this a little early in the week, and so we have no idea what Harry Kane said on Jimmy Fallon's show this week, but um, you can go back and watch that, I'm sure, on YouTube. There's a lot of fun stuff, but the biggest thing that happened with Tottenham this week was this news that the club released that there is a 150 million pound influx of capital uh being brought into the club and um chad i'm gonna i'm gonna go to you right on the spot because i know you're a, a financial guy you deal with money in your everyday life and you've done a lot uh like i said on the on the on the old podcast that doesn't exist anymore you did a lot of, of work looking into the club's finances over over the past um so what was your immediate reaction when you saw that there are an extra 150 million pounds just socked away for this club to, to go do something with this summer.
5: Initial reaction was just a ton of excitement like everybody else. Um, but you know, as I kind of started to dig into the details to, to understand, you know, is this truly a a cash injection or is it, or is it something a little bit different? What I learned kind of gave me that much more excitement. Um, and, and really, you know, I guess where I'll start and I don't want to bore you guys with too many details, but I think a few of them are really important. You know, I think this, this 150 million represents a seismic shift in a different direction. You know, as you guys probably know, Enoch are a privately owned or the Tottenham Hotspur limited are privately owned. They, they, they previously were public, Um, but cash injections like this, you know, haven't really happened in almost 20 years. The last instance of this when back was back in 2004, when they were public, they actually issued uh, more equity to the tune of about 15 million and used that to buy Jermaine Defoe. Fun fact. Um, And they used about half of it to buy him. Um, He turned out to be a pretty good buy, I think. Um, So, you know, a couple, couple key phrases, key sentences, like permanent capital was, was a, was a, was a was a phrase that I saw in the in the in the disclosure. And, you know, that just represents here that this isn't a loan to the club. Like Enoch, the club issued more shares of stock, which Enoch will buy, which means it's permanent capital. We keep it. We we don't have to pay anyone back. We don't have to pay interest on it. Like it is it is truly, you know, a cash injection uh, to the tune of which we haven't seen since Enoch had been owning this club. Um, you know, some some minute details here. You know, it's as long as as long as they use the full 150 by the end of the year, which we'd like to think that they will, uh, it'll kind of increase Enix ownership in the club by a few, you know, small percentage points. Um, you know, not not too crazy there, but just worth noting, I think. Um, you know, I, I think going back to the kind of seismic shift shift language that I that I discussed earlier. You know, as we know, it's been frustrating kind of waiting for Enoch to to pump money like this back into the club. But this this move represents kind of a culmination of the last five to 10 years of of we're going to build this new stadium. We're going to finance a lot of it with a lot of long term debt at favorable interest rates. We're going to we're going to have these these great training facilities. And, and we're going to kind of put off investing in the playing staff for, for a while. And now, and with, the, with the express goal of kind of having organic growth in the club. And, you know, we like to kind of make fun of, you know, the NFL games and the boxing and the rugby and the concerts. But all of that has kind of created all of these diversified income streams, right? And all of that is kind of coming to pass. We've had a full season now where we've had full stadiums. We're going to have another summer of concerts. Uh, You know, we're going to have a couple of NFL games next year, pretty sure. Um, But now I think they're ready to go. And um,
2: talk that money, talk, Chad. that's That's right.
0: And that's kind of what I wanted to touch on because I think that's the biggest, I guess, part of this is that this was the first full season that Tottenham Hotspur were able to have with fans in the seats. Exactly, yeah. And that seems to me like, I, I don't know it seems like a plus b equals C kind of math but it's right. the it's the duh stupid like of course this is this is coming right Todd
2: well, yeah, I mean, this is the thing that we've been talking about since before COVID is, oh, I can't wait till we get into the stadium and we get that revenue, and then, oh, they're going to have the beer that fills up from the bottom, and people are going <laughs> to buy so many of them.
0: But no cheese room, right? players, we, no cheese we didn't room get, we, yet. No cheese room, but...
2: Hey, no, no joke right now, it wouldn't shock me at all if there was like a secret private cheese room that only the top of the top folks know about, like
0: I, you know, the I cheese room
2: behind is. the cheese room. It wouldn't surprise me. Um, no, I, this is where we're at, and Chad brings up, an amazing point about the fact that this is not alone. And I think that that's the most important part here. This was, and I said it in our group text, and there's there's really no polite way to say it. So I'm just going to say it. This was Daniel Levy and, and Tottenham Hotspur pulling their bollocks out and setting it on the table and letting everybody know that this isn't going to be one of those, oh, Tottenham are going to come in for a player, but they're not going to be able to compete for them because they don't have enough money in the coffers. This is not going to be one of those seasons. And that was exactly what the point of that announcement was.
5: Yeah, exactly. And, and just to point out, like, again, they're privately owned. They didn't have to release a statement. They didn't have to disclose this. This was, this was a power move. Like, Hey guys, we're coming. We we got the
0: funds and we're coming. That's, that's, that's why I was almost earlier in the week when this happened, that's also why I was like, wait, why are they saying this? And and you're right. Like they didn't have to. That that was the part to me, Dakota. That was like, uh, okay, this is this is a little weird, but I'm I'm on board, right?
4: Yeah. So to use a crude analogy, we took our towel off in the locker room, (laughs) and everyone knows where we're standing now. That's exactly what this announcement was. It's like we're here to play. You know, we the everything that Daniel Levy has been building and doing for the last 20 years was building up building up to this week now because we have a full year of uh of revenue from the stadium no covid interruptions no anything like that we are now slingshotting ourselves into the stratosphere where we will in the next couple of years be in the same financial conversations Mm -hmm. with real madrid manchester city PSG we'll be able to throw around that type of money because we're making a million dollars every time we open up the stadium.
0: Are we going to use the same towel to slingshot ourselves? Is that the way that works? Is it the, is it the.
4: No. So what's going to happen is we're, we're, we've got the towel underneath the shower head right now and we're, we're winding it up and then we're, we're going to start, start walking around. <laughs> right. and sm- you know The, the locker room now, talk we'll... analogy
0: here has, 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 has definitely jumped the shark. Uh, I just, Scott,
2: I, I removed myself for a moment and just walked into a hell of a party. Yeah, there's a, there's
0: a, there's quite an analogy working here. Uh, Scott, without mentioning any particular specific names of players that you were excited for, because I have said no, a number of times there's plenty of time to talk transfers. How fucking excited are you for this Hotspur summer that we're about to experience?
1: I'm pumped, man. And I, I think that we're going to give 150 million to Kulisevsky and just make sure that we're sorted. <laughs> Um gibby gibby
2: a 150.
1: All right, works that's for what he, me. That's what he's gonna cost. Look at his fucking out, output, bud. All right. No, honestly, it's always coming, as we have said, and I thoroughly believe had COVID not happened, Mourinho would have gotten this injection, probably. Um, but it just so happens that Conte is getting it, which probably suits us better. Um and, you know it's 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 really hard to argue that it doesn't. Um, I'm not arguing that things couldn't have gone differently had we had that injection, but, but I definitely am am not going to argue that, that Conte is the better option to give that money to. So it timed really well. Getting top four was so fucking important. And I just, I'm still kind of flabbergasted that we actually were able to do that. Um,
0: Scotty's on cloud nine right now. He's loving it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I like, I think I told you guys in the chat, the first time i saw us get top 4 which was under potch i was a lot more excited than i am about this um this feels this just feels like relief almost you know than more than like joy or excitement emotions. yeah yeah like when when we got top 4 under potch the first time i was fucking ready like i was buzzing and i was just so excited to be at the table you know um now like i said it's relief but but i'm 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 looking at the club and saying you you're at the table now fucking do something this time you know like the champion the, the final was was a fluke i'm not going to not going to shy away from calling it what it is right like we didn't deserve to be in that match we found ourselves in it off of some heroics from lucas and heroics from sunny and a var call right and the fact that we were just shitting down our leg in the league i think allowed us to be a little bit more flexible and give more of ourselves to that run so I, I'm just excited to see what we can actually do with a squad that's capable of competing. You know, it's I love Links and Sissoko, but that was our fucking pivot through that run, right? So if, if we can bring a real squad to the table, um, it's gonna be really exciting for Spurs fans to watch us compete. And I think, you know, now we're now it's just it's it's just wild to me. And I think why I'm so like still going on and on about it is I think getting top four is a difference between Conte and Kane leaving and like not maybe this summer, right? But eventually, um, I. All right. Well, Scott. So Scott's, a, Scott's internet is crapping so out. I'm but wondering.
0: hold on, before before you even go on, Todd, I've got to I've got to admonish Scott number one for having really bad internet, and number two for bringing up Jose Mourinho's name on this podcast <laughs> day, days after that motherfucker won a European trophy. And Todd, I know you want to jump in, so I'm just gonna say. Jump it, just jump in. I have nothing. It's Go. okay. I,
2: I'm not. I'm not going to do it. anybody Anybody who's followed us on 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 the Bird app knows uh, our stance when it comes to um, what happens when you fire a trophy winning manager six days before an actual trophy can potentially be played for um it reduces your chances of winning that trophy so i'm just saying if that were to happen in some sort of hypothetical situation um you know it'd be it'd be it'd be a little interesting if that manager went to a different job um the next job and then actually (laughs) won won the trophy of the competition that the the team that he was in previously was actually in I, i don't know like if that happened in a hypothetical situation it'd be kind of funny um especially if that team per se uh, was especially hard up for trophies and, and had a fan base that was clamoring all right. Home. All right. We got a lot. I'm to just get to hear, we got a lot
0: to get here.
2: If that we, were to happen,
0: we had this argument.
2: no. This is what I will say. What Scott said is hundred percent. Correct. Had COVID not happened. Jose yes. would have got this influx. Um, however, what Scott said is also correct. I'm so happy that it's gone to Conte.
0: Yeah. Oh, I'm so happy. That it's it's great. It's great. Um, and and Caroline, let's piggyback on on the point that Scott was making before his internet took a crap. Um, it feels like you know the first time that Spurs got into the Champions League, it felt like it just pure elation and excitement. This time, at least for me, uh, it feels like getting back to where we belong. And I feel like with the cash influx now, because of the stadium and because there's a manager here that we feel like can do the job, it feels like getting back to where we belong. Is that is that how you feel as well?
3: Yeah, I, my perspective is probably a little different because I've only been a fan since the 2018 season, so I don't have the. Uh...
0: <laughs> well, that's that's fine. I mean, you, you, I mean, I think you still know, you know what we're talking about. Yeah, with this club, you you know the history but, of the club. Yeah, it, does, it feels going.
3: like we're getting back to where we should be as a club, um, and for me personally, this is definitely the most excited I have felt about our future prospects as a fan. Um, Because of all the things you said, everything is just lined up perfectly. And I'm actually really glad that they did make the uh, public statement about the cash influx, because I think it's important that, you know, they've gotten the fans back on side. And we didn't want to go through a whole summer of like worry about, oh, are they going to invest? Like, are we just going to miss this golden opportunity again, like we did under Pochettino, so I think it, it's going to go a long way towards reassuring people that, you know, the club has a plan. They're ready to execute it. They've got the perfect manager in place. They have the funds. Like why, why should we not be competing even for the title next season? In my opinion,
0: ooh, ooh, man, just, just, saying just go that. bold, you know, yeah, just saying that by the way, we don't gatekeep here just because you've only been a fan since 2018 does not mean that you can't speak on what it feels like and all of that. Uh, that is a really important thing to say and an important point to make. Um, I, I don't know what else there is to say about this. This money, it's it's something that, like I said at the beginning of the pod, we're gonna see this play out over the over the summer, and we're gonna be here to talk about it just about every week because it's 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 exciting. It's it's something that that, that gets gets all of us jazzed up, right, Todd?
2: Well, yeah, and, and the last point that I want to make and, and just kind of reemphasize here is that this money is, and, and Ali Gold said this on a numerous podcasts in, in the last few days, Ali Gold specifically said that all or almost all, if not all of this money is going to be interjected, injected yeah. directly into the team. And I don't, I, I think that like even in the, the, uh, the example that um, Chad brought up uh, of the previous ownership group, uh, doing something similar, not all of it went back in, and it went to buy a singular player, not reinvigorate an entire team. So I, I, I don't think we've ever seen anything like this, Andrew. I don't think we know what this is like. I'm really excited.
3: And there's also going to be the funds from the player sales too that we, you know, don't haven't even factored in yet. We so.
0: have not factored it in, but that, that is also a really good lead in to where we're going next in, in terms of evaluating the current squad. And that's something that we're going to do on the rest of this pod. We're going to go through pretty much everyone and, and we're going to try and do it in a, a mostly timely manner. Um, And we're going to try and do this in kind of a, a draft style. But uh, we're just going to talk about all the players involved with this club right now and, and the season that they had and the season that uh, they may have going forward um whether or not that's going to be with Spurs or not and and we're going to try and run through these names here there's like more than 20 of them so we're going to bounce around and and you know if we have to say something important about said player um we'll do it but i just basically went through the way that i did this is very simple i went through and looked at the minutes played for every player uh, at Tottenham this year. And I, if my last check, I think it was 22 players. And then I added some that were either on loan or, um, you know, weren't, or, or, or have, have left the club in January, for example. Um, so we're going to talk about pretty much everyone here and I'll, I'll be the one to kick it off and just say, Harry Kane, let's throw that name out there and just say, uh, well, damn done, buddy. Uh, you really came on after, what looked like at the beginning of the season was going to be a really tumultuous situation. Um, Harry Kane goes out and in all competitions leads this team with 25 goals, 10 assists, 21 of them uh, non-penalty goals. And Harry Kane, I, I look, I know there's still going to be rumors about Harry Kane going into this summer about, could he leave? But he's, he's not fucking going anywhere. Um, Erling Halan signs with Man City. That that ship has sailed, which by the way, if you go back to the very start of this podcast back last August, September, um, what I said was if, if Harry Kane doesn't leave now, he's not going anywhere because Man City, if they miss on Harry Kane now, they're going to end up signing Erling Haaland next summer. Um, can, can anyone in the room here tell me exactly what is that exactly what played out? Like that, that's exactly how this is all played out, right? That's exactly how it went down.
4: Yeah. It's, I think it was, pretty obvious that's what was going to happen. So,
0: oh, so you're saying my call wasn't City's, genius and wasn't wasn't brilliant? I, no, I don't think it I don't think
4: it's genius. I think that's what everybody <laughs> was kind of expecting, but they but City still had to go out and do it and they did. Yeah, so. and they
0: did. And there's no other options for Harry Kane now. He is a 28-year-old Premier League striker who has every every chance to become the Premier League's uh all-time leading scorer if he sticks to it and continues to score 20 goals a year like he, you know, granted he didn't get 20 in the Premier League this year, but he's it, I think the most important thing about that we can say about Harry Kane, too, is that he didn't get injured this year, which I know is like knock on every piece of wood that you can possibly find. But the dude played over forty two hundred minutes in all comps this season um, and scored twenty five goals and started forty six games and all of these numbers, you know, forty nine matches played, led the club in all comps in all of these numbers. I think he only missed. If I'm if if I'm recalling right, because we played 51 games this year, he only missed the opening game against City and he missed the uh, Pacos de Ferreira um, first leg, you know, to qualify for the conference league. I think those are the only two games he missed. It
2: is. But to be entirely to be entirely fair, he missed the first three months of the season because he was fucking sulking. So you you call it what you want to call it. He showed up when Conte showed up. Uh, he, the man literally had one goal and one assist before Conte got here, somewhere in that, maybe one goal, two assists, somewhere in that vicinity. It was not much. It was not Harry Kane. And it was, it was, it showed on the pitch. When Conte got here, <laughs> when Conte got here, just like Scott just showed back up. Uh, it was a revelation in, yes, in, in, <laughs> and it was like a shot in the arm of energy to, to literally go from the polar opposite uh, managerial styles of this laissez-faire approach that Nuno had to this truly like I will bite the throat out of my opponent approach that Conte takes to football. Uh, you immediately saw Harry Kane and to be fair, the rest of the team respond to that.
4: Yeah, just yeah, all, all week all, all week I've had in my mind who who whose name is Harry Kane in my mind. And what a stupid question to ask at that time and it's even dumber to ask now. But that lot down the road will probably continue to do it and he'll probably continue showing them the
0: back of his jersey after yeah, he scores. No, there's there's no doubt about it. Go ahead, Chad. Did you have something? Yeah.
5: Um I'm real glad Scott's here for me to hear me say this. Um <laughs> Andrew, I know I know uh, Kane didn't score 20 goals in the Premier League this year, but expected goals he did. Yeah, expected goals he did. No, no in
0: fact, he, in fact, he was he was way higher than Son in expected goals. Yeah, yeah, yeah
5: by four. Yeah, it, it, like for real though. When watching him drop into midfield and receive the ball and and be able to scan the field like a general, like every time he does that and he gets ready to play a pass, whether it's a you know play it out wide or play it over the top or, or even just play it back to the center back. It, it just, that, that gets my attention. Yeah.
1: Uh, well, really quick. Hold on. Ahead, I just have to say that <laughs> saying, saying what you just said about his XG versus his actual goals is essentially, and Todd will appreciate this is essentially me as a salesperson saying that I was projected to do 2 million, but I did 1.7. Good job. Like, I just don't understand why, we celebrate the XG. That's not uh, it, the same. It is.
5: It's not the same. We, uh, put a, a,
1: I put myself in a position to sell $2 million worth of products, but I only sold 1.7. <laughs> then you only
2: want, you, hold on. You, you still sold one, who is only you still
1: sell 1.2 no,
2: no, no.
4: to sell. There 2. we go. There we go. That's good.
2: So, right. and that's what I'm saying. The value of the team is, the value to the team is elevated at a higher level. Than he was if he was just the individual but, contributor of that two million.
0: XG is merely based
5: you're on actuals, about- not on projections. <laughs> all right, but all
0: right. Man, I'm, 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 not, I'm ringing I'm the bell. Like I'm, XG, it's never I'm, happening. I'm ringing the bell. I'm ringing the bell. Caroline, jump in.
3: the The only point I wanted to make, just regarding Harry Kane's future with the club, uh, I don't think there's any doubt that he's going to stay at Tottenham now. Um, now that we have secured Champions League. But I did want to point out that everyone kind of knew he wanted to stay in England. And the only two really prospective clubs were City and United. Yep. And it's kind of incredible that we're now in a position where Manchester United is a less uh, appealing prospect to a player than Tottenham Hotspur. Oh,
0: you're getting me excited. So, don't, I know. Don't, 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 <laughs> don't say that too many times. I'm going to start. I mean,
5: Queen. That's his thing.
0: Tottenham. Um. Yeah, that's, that's 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 good stuff. The, 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 where I'm going to leave it on Kane, uh, Chad, you started to bring up the fact that he dropping into the midfield and, and doing the playmaker stuff, and hell, last season he won the playmaker of the year. Hopefully, hopefully, we will have some influx into the midfield where he won't have to do that, and that can keep him even healthier going forward if he can just be that goal-scoring monster along with Son and Kulisewski up front. Um, hopefully he won't have to do all the work and we can have a little bit more out of the midfield. That's where we're going to leave it on Kane because we we've got a lot of <laughs> we've got a lot of a lot of people to get through and I didn't think we would even go that long on Harry Kane because what else is there to say about Harry Kane. Um Scott, let's go to you before your internet craps out again. Give us another player that you want to talk about.
1: Kulu baby, the ginger go, from Sweden.
0: Let's, let's go Kulusevski.
1: I don't have to go on for too long, but but if you look at his his output in the in the half season that he was here and then you look at Kane and sons being the last two golden boot winners, we easily have the best front three in the league, especially with with Salah probably not being. I I think at best he's one foot in right now at Liverpool, right, trying to get all of that sorted out. So, um, yeah, but Kulisevsky changed the season for us. Without his goals this year, we don't get top four. No question about it, right? Um, The best signing that I have seen in my time as a Tottenham supporter, and I'm actually comfortable saying that, it doesn't feel like a a me-take. Like, I legitimately mean that he's the best signing I've seen as Spurs. I love it.
0: Anybody else have anything to say about
1: Decky?
5: only thing I'll say about Kulu is – his mentality is so strong for such a young player. And the the one, this is like recency bias. Cause it just happened. I'll point out the moment against Norwich where he had a chance to cross the sun for a goal yeah. and he tripped all over himself and literally two or three minutes later curls it into the top left corner. Just no doubt that thing's going in. And that's, that's, that's some stones take some stones to do that.
0: It was big. I, I, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, Thirteen goals and assists in in his short stint so far with Spurs, uh, a really big deal, uh, and and we love that for him. Um, do we want to? Do we want to just complete the, the 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 front three? Who wants to go next, Dakota? Do you want to? Do you want to jump in, Caroline? Who who wants to take it?
4: I'm gonna leave Youngman Son to Caroline.
0: All right, Caroline, go ahead. Give us give us the word on Sunny to close the to close out the the 2021 2022 season.
3: Our beautiful sunshine ended the season with his first ever golden boot award. Uh, What else is there really to say?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, I know you, you, unfortunately you might have like nothing. Yeah. It's all out there. Right.
3: (laughs) Uh, But, but on a serious note, like he, I think he deserves all the player of the season awards that he's been getting from various, you know, outlets, the the club, the fans, um, pretty much every Tottenham podcast out there. (laughs) Because he really carried the team at a time when uh, the aforementioned Harry Kane was having a bit of a bit of a slow start to the season, you know, he really came through for us. Um, I think over the years, he's really become a leader within the team, too. And you saw that this season. And I mean, like you said, what else is there to say? He's an incredible player. He, he's so talented. He's versatile. I'm just so glad he plays for Tottenham.
0: we we put out a tweet thread earlier in the week that that was so dutifully uh researched by by Chad uh, that that pointed out that not only would son have been uh the golden boot winner without penalty goals over over Mosala you know he, he obviously he won the golden boot but would have won the non-penalty golden boot going away over Mosala but all the people who want to claim that oh well what would have happened if, if Harry if you take away all the penalty goals from Harry Kane over the last few years when, when he won the golden boot well due to Chad's research we found out that he still would have kicked everyone's ass in those categories as well so really it's Mo salah that is the penalty merchant not Harry Kane um, and all of this is to say human son is is a is, is beautiful and we love him so go ahead Todd
2: oh all I was going to say thanks for allowing me to hop in on on this guy Um He's the most underrated player in all the top five leagues in Europe. I just amen.
0: I think in the world, I, I why even qualify it there? I think he might be the most underrated player in the world. Like, let's well, because
4: up. I don't watch uh Central African Republic football, I mean, because um, Walker Zimmerman exists, Andrew. <laughs> okay.
0: <got> <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> there we go. So
2: that, that, that said, uh, I, I think that, that to say he's the most underrated player in the top five leagues in Europe is is pretty spot on. But what I think we're going to learn when, when our, on our preseason tour, if we hadn't already uh, the last time that they went, um, he might be <laughs> he might be the biggest uh, Asian sports star yep. in the world.
0: That's a, that's a really good call. I mean, you've got, um, being, being a golf fan that I am, you've got Hideki Matsuyama. I know Chad is a big golf fan as well. The, the the Japanese golfer who won the masters uh, last year. Um, he's another big name, but outside of those two, I I struggle to find a current athlete in the Asian market. That is a bigger deal, uh, than those two guys. So I I think that's a a really good observation as well.
2: And we're Um, talking about football versus golf. No disrespect, gentlemen.
0: Well, I'm going to take that no disrespect and just ignore it because that, that did sound like a little bit of disrespect um, Todd. No,
2: no, no, only to simply talk about the, the, uh, the difference in eyes uh, on the respective sports.
0: Sure. Sure enough. Sure. Fair, fair enough. Um, ahead, I
3: ha- I have to also bring up a fun fact that someone shared in the group chat the other day, which is that Sun and Salah, to be fair, had the same number of goals this season as Norwich city as a whole. Um, and if you if you looked at the XG numbers for Sun versus Norwich as a whole, it was also embarrassing. <laughs> so, that sounds
2: like a direct so shot at Josh that Sargent.
0: <laughs> that's really harsh. That's really that's, that's that's incredible. That's an incredible stat. I'm to sorry to there. Josh Sargent. Yeah, sorry to that man. Uh, l- Todd, Your I'm gonna line's throw like it to whoever that is. <laughs> <laughs> she knows who Josh Sargent is. Todd, I'm going to throw it to you for our next player because I have a feeling I know where you're going to want to go um, to just say few say words about him. Go He's right there.
2: Ahead. He's every fucking wear. Hoi-Bier. hoi I'm telling you, right now, I am wearing my Viking Pierre-Emile Hoi-Bier uh, shirt. Not that anybody could see it. Uh, courtesy of Digital Thread, or Digital Spurs on Twitter. Um, absolutely outstanding merch. I think, actually, Dakota is wearing one of his shirts right now as well, if I'm not mistaken. Nope, uh, I gave him credit where it wasn't due. Doesn't matter. His shirts are awesome. Check them out. I got another one in the mail right now. Because uh, watching Tottenham on a Wednesday night is fantastic news. So um, our guy Hoy-Bierre. Uh Andrew, what what is his uh, minute total?
0: Uh, he was say- second second on the team in minutes, um, mm-hmm. just under four thousand. Uh, second second to Harry Kane in all comps. Forty three starts in all comps. Forty seven out of the fifty one games played in all comps uh just a, a fucking stud and by the way scored three goals this year which i don't i, I think i remember him scoring like once or twice i don't remember him scoring three should've times been four yeah it should have been four
2: that's that's a direct shot at my guy
0: four, my goodness. four four assists though <coughs> i mean th- look we know that pierre milhoi is not a progressive ball carrying midfielder but the dude gets shit done
2: That's exactly what he is. Is he's a get shit done guy, and every successful team needs a get shit done guy, and that's Hoibier. Um, if you look at it, I think he's third in the league when it comes to like ball recoveries. Um, you know, I I think that if you're looking at what he brings to the table, um, leadership, uh, vocal leadership specifically um i think that in a conte system that relies so much on automation so getting the ball to defense uh, to offense in such specific fashions i don't think that you can underrate his pointing ability i'm just saying um and then if uh things pop off he he'll fuck shit up because he's a viking so there we are
0: anyone else want to just praise peh or can we can we move on to who i know dakota wants to talk about next
4: uh, real quick, I'll add in there. <clears throat> I think I mentioned it on our last podcast, but I think Hoybier is our like Jordan Henderson figure. Oh, doesn't yeah. Doesn't necessarily, this point. doesn't necessarily wow you with anything he does on the field, but when he's on the field, the team tends to play a little bit differently. Uh, he just demands a certain level of effort that can be the difference between winning an extra 50, 50 ball that, leads to an extra chance that leads to the goal that wins you the game. I think he's he's that guy for for us. And I think it can't be overstated how important he is to our squad. Absolutely agree. He's the glue. He's the cement if you
2: will. Um, you know, he's also a big uh hockey assist guy. So just check the yeah. numbers
0: on that. That's a good shout. Dakota, give us um give us the lowdown on his his midfield partner.
4: Yeah. Lolo Kerr. Uh, I think has been a revelation for us in the same way that um, Dan Kulisevsky came in and completely changed our attack. Vincent came in and changed the way that we get the ball to the attack. And I I think he's, he was that kind of, he let Peh be what he is good at (laughs) because Pierre all of a sudden had to stop playing as a single man midfield, even though there were two people out there and could (laughs) all of a sudden, (laughs) and could all of a sudden play with a partner instead of as the partner. Also, um, Benton Kerr is, you know, I I think there's a a lot, there's going to be a lot of talk about upgrading the midfield this summer. And there's going to be a lot of talk about whether, or whether or not Oliver skip is going to, trot right back into the starting lineup. And I think that there is absolutely something to be said about the chemistry that these two guys have developed in such a short time. And in this two man midfield where you've got to cover a lot of space, know where each other are going to be without necessarily talking. It can't be overlooked that these guys have that already. So I don't think even if we do sign a big name midfielder and Oliver skip comes in and is completely healthy. I don't think anybody's Watson into this midfield, the way that these two guys are playing together at the moment.
5: I just really enjoy how tidy he is on the ball. I mean, you know, there were a few games early on when, he, when we, he had just signed where he got caught caught kind of taking a few extra touches on the ball. But when, I could just tell he, he adjusted really quickly to the speed of the premier league and, you know, just mm-hmm. so tidy getting the ball where it needs to go. And um yeah, just just really have have really enjoyed that. And it just it makes such a difference when you have two midfielders who are moving the ball so quickly. I, I always used to get so mad about how stale possession used to feel like, and now it feels a lot quicker, a lot more there's mm-hmm. there's purpose behind what we're trying to do, and that is all due to the manager.
2: One might say intention, Chad. Mm.
4: Well said. F- four assists. 15 chances created in 17 appearances, 90% pass rate, 70% successful dribbles, 20 interceptions uh, for Rodrigo Bintaker in these last three months of the season. So really exciting stuff moving forward. And two very successful yeah, the,
2: the
1: weekend. And the, I think the biggest thing about Bintaker, too, that you can't put in the statter. Matty Hayes probably can. He's got a stat for this somewhere out there, but <laughs> but Bentaker is so willing to run into incredibly tight space and scream for the ball. And I think that, that what you you don't see enough of that. And I think what what he does so well, like it's not he, he looks past like the fear of the tight space because he sees what getting the ball through that tight space will do for for the rest of the setup. You know, to build off of Dakota's point. He gets the, he changed the way we get the ball to the midfield i think a huge a huge bullet point and how he does that is is what I'm just dis- discussing right now right and it's 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 very rare it's it's uh it's i in my opinion the most the most single like prolific reason why he changed the way that we play soccer
0: correct me if i'm wrong and this is just this is uh, we're gonna completely blame this on me not double checking but With both Benton and Kulisevsky, they were both loans but will be made permanent this summer. Or Dakota, you're shaking your head. What
4: Benton Care got bought outright okay for less than 20 million pounds paid Uh over five years. Uh But the Kulisevsky one is it was
0: a loan that will be made permanent, right? So
4: it's an an 18 month loan, yep, 18 month loan, um, with a so it's $25 million if we buy him this summer, but it's already been said we're not doing that. We're saving Instead, the $25. we are going to buy him next summer for 35
2: It's 35 if he hits 25 appearances in the Premier League. That's the auto clause.
0: So let me ask you this, and let's do this quickly because we've got a lot more to get to, but why would they wait?
3: Well, to have I think more just money to have funds for another player. Yep. Okay. all right. I would think
1: but 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 and you're, so you're just gonna
2: paying for romero this summer yeah, okay so you're gonna
1: pay the 10 to
3: you're gonna pay
0: the 10 million dollar premium to be able to have those funds elsewhere okay i get that and i'm i'm fine probably gonna do it in january
2: 20, honestly 25 league appearances is, is a solid number
0: but he mm-hmm. should you would think barring injury he should make that
4: you would you would unless assume. we go sign raheem sterling <laughs> okay fair
0: enough this All summer. Right. not sorry, a transfer I mean, not the transfer pod but i hear you <laughs> but i hear you <laughs> fair enough um chad i think we're to you let's give give me another player you want to you want to shout out for for the season that they had
5: gosh um well i guess we'll stick in the midfield right uh i'll, I'll go with oliver skip
0: okay let's um, talk skippy
5: you know i don't have much to say on on him in particular i just obviously great young player nope very talented. We'll learn. We'll continue to learn so much from, from Hoybier and Ben tanker. Um, it's time to fire the entire medical staff and try again because <laughs> all of them. Yeah. You're just, despite, you're just
0: trying to get on Todd's good side here. I know that despite
5: their colossal fuck up with his, with his situation, we were still able to qualify for the champions league. And it was colossal Chad. Colossal! Like what? What are we? What are we doing? This isn't the first. Not even close to the first instance of this happening. So we used but they to kept Harry Kane Eric in Clemela. one piece all year. So, <laughs> no, no, no. They, they did, but
2: gosh, Harry I, Kane taking the first three months of the season off kept Harry Kane in
5: the season fair,
0: all year. Fair, fair. You, you even like saw coming over... off the Euros. I mean, you, you kind. Of, we kind of knew it was going to be. A ramp up for him.
5: Don't you remember not, in all or nothing? How pissed off Mourinho was for on the medical staff on getting yeah.
0: players back healthy. Like, it is. It is been
5: a weird going one on for years.
2: They're That's hot cool fucking thing. garbage. I hope I don't know like if they're just bad. Respectfully, if they're just bad at medicine in England, or like if this is. I mean, we've got the best facilities in the world. We got the best. Uh, the beer follows up from the bottom of the fucking glass, Chad. And we can't get physios to keep our professional football players healthy. What the fuck? <laughs>
4: Anyway, I hope anyway, whatever Skips- the Champions League bonus was, they didn't get it. God, that's so mean. Skip's a
5: good young player going back to the him and uh would be would be such a good depth piece for this squad next year if he can stay healthy the whole year.
0: But by the way, this is why I'm so glad that Chad is here because he, he 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 sees all the nonsense that y'all are pulling off, and he like me just gets us right the fact the fuck back on the tracks and 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 gets us rolling back down talking about right Oliver the back on the fuck yeah yes, I, sir. yes that's the that's the that's the whiskey talking like I said it's not Sunday morning when you're hearing this I swear um, it, we're recording this early in the week or as a reminder Dakota I, I think that you made the point earlier that you know with with Benticor and Hoybier who knows where Oliver skip fits in. And Chad just alluded to it there. He, at this point, he's a depth piece. And that might sound like a dig because Oliver skip was on his way before his injury to like a monumental great season for a 20 year old. But with this club, the way that it's going to have to play champions league football cup games, Premier League games next season they're gonna need a third midfielder and probably even a fourth maybe fifth midfielder for this Mm -hmm. two-man midfield so I don't think that's a dig on him I think it's a I think it's a really great point that that both you guys make that skip is a depth piece and that's not even an insult because this team's gonna need depth pieces everywhere much less in a midfield that is very very important to how this whole thing ticks Um, I think everyone's gone around once once now I'm gonna pick ben davis to talk about because everyone knows i love ben davis and yeah you are todd's gonna talk about how mediocre he is and i'm gonna talk about how i think he's actually he along with eric dyer but i'm gonna focus on davis right now we're kind of like the unsung heroes of this back line everybody praises christian romero everybody praises the, the job that dyer did all season but no one really talks enough about what ben davis turned into as a left center back this season and I understand that this club could probably use another center back or two. And I understand that similar to the conversation that we're having about Oliver Skip, that Ben Davis may be relegated to a depth role going into next season. But I'm okay with that because I love Ben Davis and I love the heart he puts in. I love the fight that he puts in every, every game. Um, I love that if he makes a mistake, which happens on occasion, he just picks himself right back up and just gets right back after it. I love the flexibility that he gives. We've seen him play as a left wing back in, in Conte's system, you know, late in games when a sub needed to be made, he can do that. He's not, look, he's, he doesn't have the the pace that that Ryan Sessegnon or even Sergio Reguilón have to, to be able to do that role, but he can still do it and he can put in a cross. I love Ben Davis and that's pretty much all I wanted to say about him because I think he was pretty much this club's uh, most unsung hero. There's a lot of unsung heroes on this club this past season. I think Ben Davis might be the most unsung hero.
2: Yeah, I don't hate that shout, Andrew. I mean, nobody knew that he was gonna turn into fucking Maldini as soon as Conte showed up. Like, you just get, you just kind of, you just figure it out. Like, I, I think that this is an amazing example of a fantastic character guy who's been in a platoon role for his entire time at the club, getting his opportunity to play the position that he can play the best. And he's asked to do the thing that he's very best at. And that's what the team needs him to do on the field. I think that it's been a perfect marriage of those two things. The system perfectly fits Ben Davies for him to be an outstanding um, week in and week out addition to this back line. Uh, I don't know that you could say anything other than that. I don't know. Dakota seems to be busting up over there. That's because that?
0: I'm, I'm, I'm messaging Dakota. That's why Caroline has something. though. I got you.
3: Well, just to piggyback off of what Todd said, I think Davis might be the best example of the Conte effect that we've spoken mm-hmm. about many times this season. You know, that he just gets the best out of players and develops them into the best player they can be. Uh, you know, a couple of seasons ago, I don't think anyone would have predicted that he would be this instrumental to the Conte system. But, you know, like you said, he he can play in those two different roles I think he is definitely stronger defensively, but he is not without his qualities going forward as well. Um and honestly like on, on the defensive end, we saw some incredible tackles from him this season um that are, you know, puts him up there with some of the best in the world in my opinion. So, I I think it's going to be a challenge for someone to come and take that starting spot from him next season. Honestly.
0: And I ho- and I hope it is. I hope he 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 stands his ground, goddammit. That'd be great uh scott give us another player to talk about because i know you all don't want to just continue to ramble on about ben davis oh eric dyer this is the next Let's one go. i've been go. waiting
1: i've been waiting for this one i, I knew i knew you would left. like to
0: jump in on dyer go for it i uh,
1: appreciate you guys leaving dyer for me no dyer's been awesome this year i think dyer dyer had a chance to do something that suits him very well which is play in the middle of a three um there's just a lot of of you know, direction and, and communication and um, letting the two guys off of you really cover a lot of space. And I, I think Dyer, when you get Dyer moving, he doesn't do as well. Right. Um, We saw that a lot when he played into two with Sanchez, especially under Mourinho, that he would just kind of get turned around. Right. So he's a very good defender. And it's obviously we all know this now i'm not not telling you guys anything you don't know but when 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 somebody plays CDM and center back both so well they're really well suited to playing in the middle of a 3 right so um yeah anyways i i think when you look at what what he did this season it wasn't flashy it wasn't anything that jumped off the page right but he played a very important role and you can only imagine kante had a very very close arm around Eric Dyer all season long because he was he was a huge part of that back line and frankly the success they had I mean we we saw that back line flip a one eighty overnight under Conte, not overnight right we lost a lost a, a pretty a couple of pretty rough matches under Conte but as soon as we saw it flip Dyer was a huge huge piece of that for sure and it's it's it just goes to show you that. Like you you don't have to be and we all know this T, right? But you don't have to be the most technically technically gifted person to 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 play a very important role in this game. And um, you know, a guy like Conte will give guys like Dyer an opportunity to 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 play a very important role and do it well. So yeah, shout out to Dyer. Without him, we we do not get top four.
4: Yeah, and I'm sure Conte was having full conversations with him in Italian because I'm sure Eric Dyer speaks Italian because why not? He speaks every <laughs> other language. Absolute robbery that he's not in the England squad for this summer. Um Just an unreal decision, I think, by by Gareth Southgate. And I am going to choose to leave Genelal Kudi to someone else because I go on all day, and I'm going to talk about someone else who also I feel was robbed uh, of a spot in the England squad, and that's Ryan Sessegnon. Oh, that's
0: cool. I...
4: You guys know me. I love Sergio Regulon to death. That's my boy. I wanted him. I wanted him before we got him, and when we got him, I was more excited about him than Gareth Bale. And I defended my I defended my guy. I said I think he's the one the one for the spot, uh, for that left wing back spot. I don't think Cessonian is ready. And then Regulon got hurt, and Ryan Cessonian came on came in. And for the first few games, I was still defending my guy. And then we hit this last six game stretch and there's no way that I can defend Sergio Regulon being the starter on that left-hand side anymore because dang, Ryan Sessegnon is that guy. And I I knew he was young, but it didn't hit me that he's only 21 years old (laughs) until after the season ended, man, it really feels like with Antonio Conte, this guy can shoot for the sky and he can get there. So, uh, I'm really excited about, about next season. Um, you know, there, there's some rumors that we're signing another guy to come in to compete that spot, a guy who just won the Europa League. I'm not going to say his name cause it's not a transfer pod. I don't want Andrew to kick me off. Um, <laughs> but there's going to be competition and it's going to be really, really good for Ryan Sessegnon because if he can play with some confidence, I don't know that anybody in the world could come and, and take that spot. I think he can do exa- everything that Conte wants. So I'm, I'm excited I'm, to see Ryan Sessegnon play.
0: I'm really excited about Ryan Sessegnon. But but what do I always say about Ryan Sessegnon, Dakota? What, oh, his, his
4: greatest ability needs to be his availability. Bingo. And we'll see.
0: And as long as that's <laughs> the case, I'm on board. But, you know, knowing what we've already said and how we've already disparaged our training room staff – I feel I'm, like every time I'm I' feel like,
2: I feel like every time you say that, like your next sentence should be take a lap.
0: <laughs> yeah, honestly, like i I do. I feel like drop and give me twenty should, <laughs> should be the next bit. but I, yes, I, like until that guy proves hmm. that he can play a full season and stay healthy the whole season, I'm just gonna have my doubts, but that but 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 let it let it be clear. those are the only doubts because everything else that I see with that guy, I am big time in on. Todd, oh, sorry, Dakota, go ahead.
4: I was going to say one, one, one miracle of a player staying healthy all season at a time, Andrew.
0: Yeah, no, no shit, right? No shit, <laughs> Todd. Take us, uh, take us where you want to go next, and I know where that is.
2: Well, it's it's the man himself, uh, the the <laughs> the legendary Cootie Romero. I mean, it, he's only been here for a short amount of time, and already uh, he has uh, women wanting to be with him and men wanting to be him. I mean, it, it's it's pretty much. Everything that you could possibly ask for from uh, an incoming central defender, uh, he's goddamn Rolls-Royce. I mean, it's, it's, it's fucking ridiculous. And he drags people around properly by their hair, as he should. But what I will also say. I don't think um, shame. Whatever they're into. Not at all. Not at all, sir. Know your place. Um, what I will tell you is that Cootie Romero has put everybody in the league on notice that when you come into the Tottenham box, you're going to fucking learn about it. Uh, ask for Charleston, uh Ash Jordan Henderson. They remember who Cootie Romero is. Uh, and everyone else will, too, when his availability matches up with his ability, Andrew. Let
0: me, let me ask this question. Um, is... Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to think of how to frame this. I don't think Cudi Romero – I don't think anybody that comes in this summer can challenge Cudi Romero's place. But the other two center back places I think can be challenged, I say with a question mark at the end, trying to – No, I agree with you. Okay. I agree with you. Uh,
2: I I think that you're going to see uh, an incoming uh, left-sided center back to make Ben Davis the, the cup and European center back. Don't be surprised by that at all. Uh, on the left side, and whether – I hope it's Pistoni, We're not going to get into those names. Apologies. Um, this isn't a transfer pod. I'm sorry,
0: Chad. There's uh, Chad putting him back on the track. I love it. <laughs> uh,
2: you you can also see uh, somebody coming in and, and challenging Eric Dyer. However, what I will tell you is that uh, I saw some stat by Squaka on the Bird app today that apparently, like – Eric Dyer has gone like 110 chances without allowing some, yeah. of, uh, or 110 games without allowing some uh, a goal, an error that leads to a goal or something along those lines. And to be honest with you, Chad, I want to hear, I want to hear exactly what it is in just one second. You can correct me. <laughs> but what I want to say is I've watched that guy fuck up plenty of times. I don't know what stats they're looking at, but what I will say is that Eric Dyer this year has been better than I've ever seen. Eric Dyer still can't fucking save himself with a header. And regularly, you can see Eric Dyer turning around and looking at the ball behind him as the goal gets scored. But I think this year he's been extremely impressive.
5: Eric Dyer has been. He's – he's. gosh, my goodness. If a guy was made for back center, center of a back three, he's the man. But, Todd, I have to point out, I'm pretty sure it happened when it was nil-nil against Norwich. He basically took the ball, put it in a little gift basket, handed it to Norwich and said, please try to go score, and they couldn't do it because they're Norwich.
2: But, this but is that actually
5: happened. I remembered it and almost was on the ground watching it. Right. Okay, we're at least watching the same game, Chad. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, and, 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 well, uh, quickly switching gears to Romero, there were obviously a ton of moments of the season that you could pick out from him. I mean, my goodness. But the the flying header against Liverpool, I got up out of my seat and freaked out as if we'd scored a goal when he did that. And I don't ever sell. I I mean, I don't know. I I didn't play soccer or whatever, (laughs) Um, but I I don't normally celebrate goal non goals like that. But that was like, man, what a player we have. He he is a Rolls Royce.
3: Yeah, that's a good shout. He's probably the only defender on the team that actually makes me exclaim during games (laughs) like a goal has happened Uh, that I really don't do that either. So he's incredible.
0: We were going to talk goalies. Who's up? Well, who's? Up? I was going to ask who's up next. It's either Caroline or Chad. I know that much.
5: Caroline.
3: Um. Let's see. Should Should we finish out the defenders first? go for um, cause, it because i would you go. i would like to talk about davidson sanchez
0: Let, let's go um, this is where i wanted to. this is where i was hoping you would go after cootie romero yes. let's go i caroline your addition to this podcast first of all has been a goddamn joy and so it has just been I, it has just been like completely solidified by this choice let's talk about <laughs> davidson sanchez
3: yes let's so our, our boy big dav he has gotten a lot of flack in the past and I just think he deserves so much credit for the, the way that he stepped up this season. Um, Even in the beginning of the season, I think we were all kind of feeling like, should he still be here? You know, what's his place in the team? Um, But he's really, he's cleaned up those individual errors that used to categorize um, his play. And he's also proven himself to be a bit of a mentality monster. (laughs) um because he's had to come into some really big games unexpectedly because of you know an injury to say Romero or whoever it may be um and he's just you know taken it in stride done exactly what he needed to do um I can't think of that many moments at all in the second half of the season when he played that I felt concern. you know he just was quietly getting the job done um and I also have to give a little shout out to his goal celebrations (laughs) Because they're just like ice cold, you know. It's like he's like I do this every day, you know.
4: <laughs> they are legendary, angry in season, celebrations.
5: In a season where every point mattered, we all could agree, the 97th minute winning winner against Watford that helped.
3: I'm that so helped. glad you brought that up. And the exactly. savage
0: look
2: on his face after that, my days, it was awesome.
0: He, Dave relegated Watford with that look. By, by the way, let's go back just in in, in in recent memory and think about what we all were feeling after we realized that Cudi Romero was hurt and then going to miss the final few games of the season. When when Sanchez had to come in, we were all kind of let's be honest, we were all a little bit in a panic because we know what how important Cudi Romero has been to this club. And Todd, I know you're you're raising your hand. I'm not calling you out. Everyone,
2: no, I'm calling me out. I was. 100% I know you want a I had a meltdown.
0: Everyone, yeah. everyone, freaked yeah. out a little bit. <laughs> the job that Davison Sanchez did at the close of the season and, and Caroline, you're hundred percent right to, 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 to point out what he did at the start of the season before Romero was even on board. He was, I would say maybe a little better than serviceable at the beginning of the season. And then as the season went on, his role as a backup improved so mightily, by the way, those final few matches that Davison Sanchez was forced to start due to Romero's injury pushed him one minute played above Romero for the season which i think is is just a an interesting note like footnote on this Davis Sanchez played one more minute than Cody Romero did the rest of the season I, look Sanchez to me guys is another scenario like Ben Davis like uh, Oliver Skip of i would love to have that guy around for depth for next season and that might sound like another yep. slight on him but that but he proved it this season that he can be that depth and that he can come on and be that dude, Dakota, I I, I know you want to jump in here, but like that, is that how you see it as well? Totally. Uh, I think Davidson Sanchez
4: was taking some notes from Ben Davis for the second half of the, of the season, because Ben Davis is the professional in the room. I think, you know, part of the reason that Ben Davis gets a lot of chances and, and he got this move from Swansea to Spurs is because he's a consummate professional. He walks in the room. He does what he's supposed to do. He doesn't you know, talk back. He doesn't push back. He says, what do I have to do? And he goes out and he does it quietly and just by the book. And that's exactly what we saw from Davinson Sanchez second half of the season. He worked on his craft, stayed quiet, did what he was supposed to do. And when he was called on, he took care of business. And that's the type of mentality that you want around. That's the type of you want around. Now, this week, Sevilla sold Diego Carlos to Aston Villa. Sevilla was sniffing around Davidson Sanchez uh, Is this a transfer in the January mark? window. And, <laughs> well, listen, was, no, yeah. we want him around for depth. And, and if Sevilla come and say, hey, here's 35 million pounds, that's too much to turn down for Davidson Sanchez.
0: I, look, I, I, I know I get what you're saying and I'll, I'll, I'll allow it uh, <laughs> on, 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 on the basis of it's a good point And, and I tend to agree with you. Like if you get an offer for Davidson Sanchez this summer, um, sure. If you get that, if you get that dollar amount, sure but he's also a piece that I would love to have around, but maybe he falls in the, in he, maybe he also falls in the category of this guy's been around for long enough and it, it, it's, it's time. I don't, I don't know the answer to that. That's something that um I don't get paid enough to make that there's, there's other members of, of Tottenham Hotspur's uh, You guys are getting paid? That... <laughs> Not Did enough. I
3: that no. <laughs> Did I say that out loud?
0: <laughs> Caroline, you wanted to jump in on that. <laughs> Let's finish it up there.
3: Well, just with the question of, should he stay in the squad if if it was up to me, which clearly it is not, I would keep him around because I think if we want to be serious about competing in a competition like the Champions League or pushing for a title, we have to have legitimately quality players as our depth, not just bodies on the bench. Oh, um, yeah. And I also think there's something to be said for longevity within the team. Sometimes that can go to a place where it's like they've become a negative influence, like we saw with some of the players that went out on loan in January. Um, but with players like, like Sanchez, like Davis, like they are professionals. And I think they bring up um, the professionalism of the team when they're there.
0: We have uh, made a lot of headway on this list of players, but we still have a ways to go. So bear with us, Chad. You are up. Where do you want to take it after da- after the Davison Sanchez conversation? I'm gonna go to goalkeeping. Ah, oh, damn. Okay, damn, that's where I was gonna go. But you, you, you jump in there, please. I know I'm jumping the gun just a little. No, bit. No, no, you're not jumping the gun. I- I'm surprised it's taking there's us this long to, to talk, talk about, about Andrew. It. You'll get a chance. No, there's there's only one to talk about. Damn it, I wanted Gallini. <laughs> Chad,
5: have your say. I'll be concise, but we are so fortunate to have Hugo Lloris. Oh, he, he gets shit every time he makes one mistake. But t- time after time after time, he, show, he puts in seasons of elite, elite output. You know, obviously the talk at the end of the year was, oh, my gosh, who's going to win the Golden Gloves? Is it going to be Allison? Is it going to be um, whatever the fuck his name is, Ederson? Uh, <laughs> guess who was third in clean sheets? Yeah. That's right, our boy. He had 16 this year, almost half of the games. So, you know, we're we're really fortunate to have him. I do think his distribution has ticked up, maybe a little bit under Conte. Still not great, but still still an elite shot stopper in the world.
0: Well, look, I I, I 100% agree with you, and I think that a lot of that has to do with the defense that has been put in front of him and the system that Antonio Conte has been put has put in front of him. But Hugo Lloris is still that dude. And at 34 years old, he can still be that dude for another few seasons. And look, I know there's a lot of, there's always a lot of talk about um, the, the, the the cliff that goalkeepers fall off. And, and eventually that cliff will come for Hugo. But until I see that cliff, I'm running that guy out between the pipes every damn game. Um, And look, I think the, the, I think the, the, the real thing to do here is to lump in the, the Pierre, uh, Galini uh, uh, conversation um, with Hugo Lloris because obviously that didn't work. That dude played, I think it was eight games this season. I've got to double check that. Yeah, eight games is, is what Galini played this season. That that ain't going to get it done going forward. You're going to need a better backup keeper, and there's a lot of conjecture out there about who that's going to be going forward. But Is
2: that not done? I mean, we got to here we go. Can we not say that? It'll, yeah, we can it'll, say it. We
4: can it'll say, be say an... it. It'll be announced uh before the people listen to this podcast. So
0: yeah, I think it will too. And again, for, for for context, we're recording this a little earlier in the week to free up our weekends. Cheers to all of us. But yeah, the the the, the, the Spurs, welcome you know, to Spurs. Yeah, welcome to Spurs. That 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 is gonna be the, the, the step to take. But back to Hugo, like I I can't see not running this guy out there, not only next year, but like let this dude let him fall off the cliff at Spurs. I don't care. Let it happen. Figure it out from there. Um, I, I'm I'm so glad that you went the, in this in this direction to talk about him, Chad. Because I was going to be shocked if we got you know 12, 13, 14 players deep and hadn't talked about the captain of this club yet and the job that he continually does because he's he's let's be honest, he's really damn good still. Um, I unless anybody else has anything to say about Hugo Lloris, I think it's my turn to, 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 to to pick someone and I have to go down the list here and, and take a look. See, we're getting down to it now, which I think is good. Um, but I'm going to talk about Emerson Royale because this is a guy who I thought showed signs toward the end of the season of maybe this guy can actually be a right wing back in Conte's system. And that's not something that I would have believed three, four months ago, but, in the end, I think that as a 22-year-old, he can be taught and he can still learn habits. And I don't know. Emerson is not a guy that I saw coming in at the beginning of the season and doing a lot. He wasn't really doing it for me. But this is this goes back to the whole a, a player needing time to adjust to the Premier League. And not only that, but adjust to a managerial switch a few months in. <laughs> and deep down, I, look, I'm not... Fully in on Emerson Royale, but I think he could be still a piece going forward to kind of see what happens. Todd, I see you want to jump in. Yeah, Go ahead.
1: I
2: want to hop in here. First off, I want to talk about the compilations. I was listening to the uh, A Bit Spursy podcast, uh, shout out to dan and Barney. Those guys are kick-ass. Um, and they made the the very salient point that all of um Emerson's uh hype music is from like the early two thousands. So like <laughs> And, like, hearing you can find me in the club over uh, him kicking the ball out of bounds is fucking fantastic. Um, I'm such a fan of what that guy represents because it's vibes. He's going to work his ass off, and he's going to give you vibes. It's the same reason why I like Lucas. And I know you, you Andrew's going to want to talk about him, so I'm going to leave him. I'm going to leave Lucas to Andrew. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, it's the vibes that, that they bring to the party that makes a big difference as opposed to, for example, <clears throat> the vibes that Sir Aurier and Tongay and Dombele brought, uh, you know, it, it was just different vibes and I can't say they were good ones.
5: L- listen, while we're waiting, I just want to point out, me. you can find me in the club was released when Emerson was three.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I nice. mean, that's. That's extremely uh, fair, Chad. Way to make Emerson us all win. feel incredibly old, in Chad. <laughs> Chad, what else do you have on Emerson for us?
5: I mean, gosh, did, didn't we all get super It's okay excited. to say nothing. No, didn't we all get super excited that, you know, whenever we would win near the end of the season, we also knew we were getting a dope compilation video a few days after? <laughs> <laughs> it was that that and the Conte cam. The Vince McMahon gif of of Conte Cam and Spurs winning and Emerson Royale, Uh I don't know if y'all are if anybody's following that reference, but that was hilarious oh, yeah. on
4: Twitter. It, so good. yeah, so Emerson so is a and Emerson were was my dream fullback pairing three years ago, and now we have it. And now they're playing having to play wingback and, and a little wing bit backs. different than, yep than I had imagined. Yeah. But I think they both have the tools to learn. Um, people talk about Emerson's crossing. he is by nature a volume crosser. He's He's gonna put in a bunch of them and three are gonna be really good and two are probably gonna lead to goals. So I, I think people need to pump the brakes on him a little bit. He definitely be molded at the same time if we get a 30 million pound offer, you got a piece, you got to send him out. And but, then but, is, is that, but is that something that's Yoki coming? Mala. Um, I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think Emerson's going to be wearing a Spurs shirt next year, and I think it's going to be to our benefit. I think he's going to be a lot, lot better next season, especially if Harry Kane will pass the ball to him uh, as he's running down down the sideline.
0: Well, if he has as much space as most teams give him, I think that he will... You know, I think he'll get the ball a little more because most teams tend to give him a lot of space because they don't think he's going to do anything with the ball. Um, look, the the Tottenham Depot Wi-Fi has taken out uh, both Scott and Todd in the last few minutes, um, so we're going to go right to Dakota for our next uh, player that that we're going to have to talk about because Dakota's Wi-Fi is also just teetering on the brink, and it's it's it, we're, we've <laughs> almost gone from a six person <laughs> podcast down to three. So before yours craps out, who do you want to talk about next?
4: Man, we talked about uh, talked about the fullbacks. Let's go, Steven Bergvine, because we're not going to get to talk about him for much longer, I don't think. Unfortunately, oh boy. <laughs> which is fine, which is fine because he wants to play regular football because he is going to be in the Netherlands for the World Cup and more power to him. Um, he should get his move to Ajax, it should bring in a good amount of money, and we are going to be forever grateful because just like Davinson Sanchez's last minute winner against Watford is the reason that we're playing champions league football. So is his double against Leicester in stoppage time. So we will forever remember Steven Bergvine. And I, I honestly hope that something goes wrong and we get to keep, keep the guy. I hope we end up sell someone else Um, because Bergvine is is, Bergvine is such a player. He's so, so good. And he adds so much to our squad. Um, But all signs are kind of pointing away from that, unfortunately. But great season. I don't see the lack of confidence that Antonio Conte says he he sees in Bergvine. I think he's a confident player that that just wants to play. Um, Admittedly, that's hard. Where does he get in that front line? I don't know. But uh, I'd like
0: to see him stick around. Steve, Steven bergvine played fewer minutes this season for Tottenham than Tanguy Ndombele, fewer minutes than Delhi alley fewer minutes than Jaffa Tanganga. Um, that is my mouth is a gate.
3: That is a travesty is what it yes, actually it's is. It's super, it's super
0: heartbreaking. <laughs> it's he scored, heartbreaking. scored four, he scored four goals and two of them were in that epic against Leicester, um, which we will forever be uh, in his debt for. Um, and yeah, I, I agree with you, Dakota. I would love to see it. Uh, something go wrong with a transfer and him have to stick around and be a backup to son slash Kane slash Kulisevsky in that front three. But I don't know. I don't know if that's going to be the case. So we'll see. Uh, Dude's 23. I mean, dude has a lot of really, really good football in his future. Whether that comes in England or whether that comes in the Netherlands is remains to be seen. But um, lo- love the guy as a player. Just wish it could have Worked out better, and it you know, we're gonna call you D I T K, uh, because Dakota knows is in the know, and he he he's he's saying it ain't gonna last, so we'll see. Um, but I you know I don't know Caroline, what do you got on 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 Bergbein? I can tell you're, you're you're chomping at the bit to get in on him.
3: Well, I just wanted to repeat what Dakota said about you know we we owe a lot of really great memories to Bergvine. Um, I I would say in my short time as a Spurs fan you know, that Lester comeback has probably got to be like number two (laughs) for her best moment. Incredible. Um, Yeah. And I think it is a kind of a pity that such a talented player was not utilized enough. Um, I mean, I'm sure Conte had reasons that we are not privy to and we have to trust him. But it was disappointing every time we would see him come in, you know, for like garbage time, essentially. Um, But I wish him well, you know, if he if he leaves the club.
0: That, that Leicester game, by the way, this this is not going to matter to anyone except for me, um, but I'm going to say it anyway because I host this podcast and that's just the way it goes. That Leicester game was a Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken. It was a midweek game and I was working and had recorded the game and came home from work and started the game without any knowledge of what had been going on. Same thing happened for the the Miracle in Amsterdam uh, at Ajax and I had no idea. Uh, and And so both of those moments for me came like, two maybe two and a half hours on delay than the rest of the world and obviously one one meant a lot and the other meant a lot as well they i'm not putting them on equal footing but kind of wild that like both of those things midweek you know (laughs) afternoon games here in the states that like were just really big fucking deals um and yeah Bergvine. I fucking love that guy. It, it was, it was just, you know, it's been a, it's been a pleasure, Steven, and we will forever, you know, you know, the other, the other thing I'll say about Bergvine is I will never forget how fucking weird Daniel Levy was with him in the all or nothing doc when they signed him. Um, just really, really awkward putting like all kinds of pressure on the kid, like saying he needed to come in and, and be a guy and be that, that dude. And that was really weird, Daniel. And we're not going to ever forget that either because it was on camera and and documented for history. Um, so that's the way that goes. Todd's back with us. Sorry, Chad. Did you need to jump in one more on, on, on Steven Bergvine?
5: Well, Stevie B lives on whether in N 17 or elsewhere, the beat goes on.
0: That's all on. on. That's all. Okay. Yeah. I wanted to go it. to the next player. Actually. Go yeah. ahead. We'll, we'll we'll let Chad jump in.
5: You know, it only feels natural to talk about the other half of the substitution of the year, Lucas Mora. Shout out, totally Nuno. Shout out, Nuno. He 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 was the architect of this whole change by making the worst sub of all time in the moment. But anyway. That's you mean
0: not- you mean the guy that constantly got subbed in before Steven Bergvine for no fucking reason? No, That's we what we're gonna talk about now?
4: Yep. Um, well, we, we had I, to talk about this more. I, Go ahead. I must point out, Chad, you can you have good things to say about Lucas, I'm sure, but I have to point out okay. that in in the <laughs> in the yearly roundup, like the season roundup that spurs official created and put out. Of like the group, the best moments of the season, they put in that moment of that substitution. <laughs> Hell yeah! In
5: they the official it right. video, it was complete and, and accurate. Tottenham were doing that's things right. Really right funny. It's dude. weird.
3: Admin has no chill.
4: <laughs> the admin, I mean, shout out to the shout admin. out David Moat. Yeah, that's right. Oh, uh, sorry, that's I didn't right. mean well, to put his name out there, but everybody knows who he is.
3: I didn't. <laughs>
5: anyway lucas mora thanks for being subbed off i guess early in the season um say what you want he's a spurs legend no matter what he does um i will point out one moment again i keep going back to this norwich game because it just happened uh the was it wasn't the back heel or
2: whatever no it was it was a it was Mor- a a left-footed flick and it was glorious that was sick
5: that got me off my seat because he can't pass to anybody
2: Brilliant. So I, I have to shout him out again, our guy, R. Benzo. That got him to jump in my lap and talk about how glorious Lucas is with his Chrome Dome. It was wonderful.
5: When, whenever, whenever I felt like the game needed chaos, I always wanted Lucas to come on because he's the chaos man. That's all I've got. It's real It's real hard-hitting analysis, but that's what I got.
0: All right. Well, we only have – look – I've said a lot about Lucas Moore on this podcast in the last handful of months. I don't really want to rehash it. If you really want to know my thoughts on Lucas Moore, you can go back. I, it, is Lucas Moore going to be here next season?
3: Probably not.
0: Dakota. He his head, yes. He can be the mascot. I thought that, I thought we were going to have. Hoys, 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 hoys.
2: I don't know what is. I don't know what is. uh, what his contract situation looks like. That's the only thing
0: I don't either. And I don't, but I also don't know what his role is. Like, what does it matter?
4: He's quiz, quiz,
2: quiz, chaos
0: agent. Is he going to be God. here next season?
4: Uh, I think, I think so. I think he's got okay. a year left in his contract. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Cause but, who's going to give us 25 yeah, And million it, It's not Lucas even,
0: more. I'll
4: take 12. Yeah. It's not even like, it's not even a thing of fuck. I'll take eight. you want to sell him. I'm sure. Valued I'm sure we do. But it's nobody. Nobody's going to come in for Lucas Fair. for a fee that makes sense. So, out of you know, out of the attacking options, Bergvine is much more attractive. Well, to, sure. to, to teams. So,
5: hey, listen in in the words in the words of the Dark Knight: You either die hero, or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Shout out, Lucas Mora.
0: <laughs> God, that is that is so. Fucking prophetic and accurate for Lucas Mora. My God, this man gave Spurs fans, whether you're 16 or 66, probably the greatest moment they'll ever experience. And he has now become like, what the fuck is this guy doing on the pitch? You're Chad again, keeping us on track and can just what an addition to this pod you have been this evening. Um, look, we've only got a couple of players left. Uh, Caroline, you want to talk about one of them, and then we're gonna, we're, we, because we got to go rapid fire. We're, 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 I love, I love all of you, but I know you don't want to hear me ramble on the rest of, of of your day. Uh, Caroline, take us where we're going next. Go ahead, because I love this guy too.
3: So we've got Matt Doherty, uh, a partially unsung hero, I guess you could say, yeah. of the season. Yes. No, um, give it to him. Absolutely. And, and I actually might have to take back something I said earlier when I said that Davis was the best uh, illustration of Conte's magic, because I think it actually is Doherty. Um, and to be fair to Matt, he was playing out of position at the beginning of his uh, Spurs career. And, you know, once he was brought into this right wing back position, that was when he really started to show what he could do. Um, He showed his, his great attacking instincts. Uh, We also saw that he can play on both sides of the pitch, like almost equally as well, which was impressive and unexpected. And it, I think it just says a lot that when we found out that his injury was going to be season ending, like Spurs fans were abject, (laughs) you know, it felt like the sky was falling and you would you would not have thought you'd say that about him at the beginning of the season. So, well done, Matt, for turning things around. Heal up. We'll see you next season.
0: By the way, the reaction was similar when we found out that that Sanchez was replacing Romero for the final few games. Like let's 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 take a moment and just recognize that there were similar reactions for a Christian Romero injury that there were to a Matt Darty injury. That is I- fucking wild.
3: I do think it was almost a little little sadder though when it came to Doherty just because he had had such a quick rise. 100%. You know what I mean? Like we were 100%. all rooting for him and his chance had been kind of taken from him. Well, and it was so. also
0: the way that that that, that Matty Cash fucking that just took him out, the okay. way that it happened.
2: And mm-hmm. he knew it did Doherty instantly. Yeah. Like you saw his face, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on what side of the camera you were on, like we saw exactly what he went through in that moment it's it dirty not
0: pretty. It was dirty. Darty is another one that I am, you know, fully on board with being a depth piece going into next season. Obviously, I want us to sign more true Conte wingbacks. But if Darty is playing not only in Cups but the occasional Premier League game at right wingback and hopefully his his recovery is is going well and he can he can get back to that point at some point, um, fully on board with him being being that guy that just comes in and and fuck shit up and and lives his life out there on the wing um, because that would be fun and that would be fun to see and the guy the guy was slighted by everyone including me early in the season and Caroline you hit it on the head he was playing in the wrong position and they were not utilizing him and it was it was even kind of weirder for Nuno his previous manager at Wolves to be doing that it was it was a very one of the many reasons that we can just say what Who know? was Yeah, what the fuck was the Nuno uh, experiment? Um, but just just a very very bizarre situation.
2: Well, how are you gonna bring Nuno in and then not play a back three? Like that's what the guy oh, did. The
0: Wolves oh. the entire time. It just it doesn't make any sense.
2: Anyway, I, that didn't happen. We got top four and Antonio Conte. I don't understand what's. Anyway, uh, moving right along.
0: Yep. Who you got? Are you gonna well, are you gonna say the name that I think on. you're gonna say? He's the last one I've got.
2: No 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 no. I, I'm I, I, there are more. I have to ask. There are more. I have to ask. I, did I miss the 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 Swedish uh, wonder when I was away? Did you guys already talk about him? The Swedish. You did.
4: wonder?
3: I think he was first. Right? Right? Decky.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We talked we about, about Decky like much ago. earlier. We're, we, yeah, we we're fine. Up. Exactly. i Sweden. You you, you hey. were here still when we talked about Decky?
2: Maybe. Um. You definitely. I want to talk Just about because
0: Scott was here and he's the one we're that brought probably him up changing
4: your shirt.
2: <laughs> I want to, I, that's a fucking phenomenal point. I want a Jeff for, Yeah, for
0: for the listeners who who obviously can't see because this is a podcast, Todd has only made about six costume changes during this podcast. He's showing off all of his Spurs. Costume swag.
2: is fantastic. I, no, I just, he's the Beyonce know. of
3: the Depot. You're it's, not
0: it's,
2: wrong. You know that's um, true. But
5: <laughs> he wants to be on um, allen too.
2: Yeah. I well. Okay. I can we just talk about? I'm not. I don't know how that's gonna go.
0: Um, so, we already knew how, we already know how it went because this is, it's, it's Sunday when folks are we also talked about it earlier as well.
2: I, uh, yeah, that's, I must've missed it. So Javit Tanganga is where I wanted to go. Andrew. All right.
0: We can talk about Tanganga. That's fine. I think that's fair.
2: Yeah. And cause I think that that guy, um, was dropping 11 out of tens early in the season when we absolutely needed him and then he got hurt and everybody conveniently forgot about him cause Conte came in and things are things and we haven't seen him since, I don't know. Uh, when was the last time he played?
0: I, it's a very good question. Uh, I can tell you here if you if you stall for a second and, and give me a second I, you know, chance. and
2: what I'm talking about is not only do I appreciate Javertenga because of his flexibility, but I legitimately think about that guy as somebody that is part of the heartbeat of Tottenham Hotspur. I think that, you know, Javitan Heng has literally been around the Tottenham hotspur football club since he was a child. He's He's, he's a Dane Scarlet type of guy. And that's extremely important. I don't, I don't know when the last time that he played was, it was, it was, it was
0: January a- 23rd against Chelsea.
2: So what that says to me is that, and he he played admirably. We got our ass kicked, but he played admirably in that game. If I don't, if if I remember correctly,
0: yeah. Here's here's another one for you. To to your point about Tangenga. and this is not something that I don't think. I I think I would not have realized this, but Tangenga put together more minutes this season than Ryan Sessegnon, than Deli Ali, than Tangi and Donbley, than Stephen Bergvine. um, just just behind uh our our two January signings, Kulisevsky and Betancourt. He was. You know, for the for the beginning part of the season, he was getting minutes, and not only minutes at center back, but minutes at right back as well.
2: And so, and that's what I'm saying. Like the flexibility of having a guy come in like that that can play both parts of the system and do it well. You're going to need that type of depth. And Tanganga is absolutely. We gave him a new contract before the beginning of last season, if I'm not mistaken, Chad. And uh, I, I think that he's definitely a guy that um, that you can rely on for squad depth going forward. Um, I know and I'm to be honest with you, I hope it's it's at right center back as opposed to like right wing back. I think right center back is a great spot for him.
0: is 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 Jaffa Tanganga the right footed poor man's version of Ben Davis.
2: He's better in the air, but I don't think that he doesn't have the poise and calm on the ball. He's still prone to a fuck up here and there.
0: That's where the poor. I think that's where the poor man's version comes in. I think. I, the, I think in terms of positionally, okay. positionally, what I'm saying is you'd like to see him at right center back. Ideally, he can play a little bit of right back slash right uh, wing I'll, back in a pinch, but he's very much in the back of realm and, and a younger version, obviously.
2: Uh, yeah, it, I'll, I'll say two things on that. I think that Ben Davis's end product is better. Uh, yeah. and I think that 10 gig because his um, physicality is, is something where he can he can run with and shut down some of the best left wings in the league and Ben Davis can't do that on the right hand side.
0: Well, I I think that's mostly fair. I I think the other thing is doesn't Atengaga... gets a
4: chance cuz Sesenyen puts him in his pocket.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think the other thing with Tanganga is, and I'm glad you brought up Ryan Sessegnon because he's another one that I think he has ability. I think his greatest ability needs to be his availability because he's another guy that we've seen over the past few seasons with these injury things that crop up and I'm not saying it's his fault or anything, but it sucks that he has not been able to string together long periods of consistent playing time. So
4: speaking of a guy who has been available and is another homegrown guy, who also hasn't been playing a lot? Harry Winks um, played some played some pivotal moments for us early on in the season. And oh then, are we really?
0: We're really putting lipstick on this one, aren't we? No,
4: no, no. I he
0: and did an so excellent much. job.
2: Well, he did an excellent job, yes. Dakota. Uh, specifically towards the end of the season uh, to make himself an, a, a very attractive target for Southampton. So <laughs> I'm really excited to see um, what <laughs> comes next in his footballing career uh, because I hear Southampton would be a good fit. I also hear uh, Newcastle is potentially interested. They they they're they're a big fan of of names. So I, I mean, yep. listen, I, the problem. Harry Wings hasn't been the, the Harry Wings has been the same guy since the ankle injury Dakota and yeah. we've been trying to get the same type of production out of him uh and he just hasn't sure. had it and so when you're a hustle player when you're somebody that depends on your guile and your your first step quickness and your your intuitive nature uh and you lose that first step um then you're just an average ass football player and you need to not play for my club
0: Harry Winks, by the way, this season played more minutes than Matt Doherty, more minutes than the two January signings, Kulisevsky and Betancourt, more minutes than Tanganga, Sessinjan, and was directly
2: responsible for more goals than every single one of those motherfuckers.
0: By, uh, well, no, not not than Kulisevsky, not than Doherty, not than Uh, no, not even the not even giving up giving oh up giving goals. up sorry yes okay, responsible for giving up I missed I misheard you I thought obviously we don't <laughs> think obviously we know that Harry winks is not going to be a part of the club going forward uh we bid him a fond adieu adieu and you know I, I don't know what else there is to say about Harry winks uh a, a, a loyal steward to the club for many years and he will I think be missed I mean I, I think Harry winks gets slighted a lot but like Harry winks has been a good player for us and it just it's it's not going to kick on. It's wild to think about the fact that Harry Winks is still only 25. Like he's not a 32 year old that even though it feels like he's been around long enough that he could be a 30, 32 year old like
2: he's Scott Parker, bro. It's, and I called that out. I mean, in kind of like yeah. one of the very first episodes of this pod, like he's Scott Parker it's, we are where we are.
0: Fair enough. Let's go rapid fire because there's a couple of other players who actually got minutes this season. And then I want to briefly touch on some of the players who didn't finish the season with the club. Um, Joe Ruddon. 23 years old we saw him a little bit at the end of the season i i I don't know what to make of joe rodon whether he's probably another just depth piece cup player going forward i would think does anyone else have anything prophetic to say about joe rodon going forward
2: joe rodon can play a role for this team chad he's a jag he's just a guy
3: i'm not attached
2: I, I And I appreciate that. I absolutely do. I'm going to be the, the Joe Roden apologist here. Uh, that guy broke ribs for this football club earlier yeah. this season. Right. And I, I mean – Conte absolutely loves him, shouted him out, despite the lack of minutes, shouted him out in press conferences, saying that that guy's doing the work that's necessary. He's obviously Ben Davies' boy. We're trying to get Gareth Bale back in the gaff, and if we do, you know he loves Joe Rodon. These are facts. He's literally pulled off his armband and handed it to Joey Rodon for the Welsh team on numerous occasions. So I'm just saying that give Joe Rodon a full off season with Conte, before you ask me that question, he's well under contract. He's easy. He's homegrown. Keep him moving.
0: I, You know, Todd, I fully agree. And then I agree with Caroline's point, not attached as well, like I, on board for, for what may be, but also if it doesn't happen, shrug emoji, Caroline, go ahead. Jump in.
3: No. Yeah, that's it. Exactly. Like if he goes, I won't cry over it. If he stays great, hopefully he has some untapped potential that we just haven't seen yet.
0: Uh, Mo- moving it quickly on Dane Scarlett, seventeen years old, had some minutes um, this season in in limited appearances. Dane Scarlett, one for the future. Still, I don't, I, I don't know, I, I don't think anyone's certainly out on Dane Scarlett. I don't think anyone's certainly thinking Dane Scarlett can be a massive piece next season. But he's he's seventeen fucking years old, right, Chad? New
5: contract, which is great. Wasted season, if you ask me. Get him out on loan. That's all I got.
2: I, I want to jump in on that because I've heard that that opinion and I appreciate it. But what I would say is it's not a wasted season because you can't tell me that it's 17 to 18 years old. He's going to get better coaching than he's going to get from Conte and his staff. And he's going to get better every single day preparation experience and, and training and mentorship than from guys like Harry Kane and Youngman's son and Hugo Lloris and Pierre and I, I I
0: want to put a period on that point that you made Todd because I do think that with a lot of these younger players like Scarlett and like the other guy and I'll just lump them in here Dylan Markaday is the other one I wanted to talk about who is a player who stuck with the club and, and got very very limited minutes this season uh, trust me he played at some point you can go and look back at the box scores he did play for Tottenham Hotspur this season and and, and finished the year with them these are guys that I agree everyone wants to he just did. throw them throw them out on loan but I agree with you Todd like at, at a certain point there is a value to keeping them in camp and keeping them around the likes of Harry Kane and Youngman's son and all these guys, and there is, you know, there is value to that as well, even if they're not getting regular minutes. It, I think it's a common refrain. And Chad, this is not a dig. Trust me. Well, no, I not, get it. But there, there, it's a common refrain to just say, "Ah, throw that guy out on loan and get him first, first, first team minutes somewhere." Well, number one, that takes two teams to to kind of jive with, and it, it takes an agreement of. Yeah, he, he's going to go over to the Netherlands or to Belgium or wherever or or down to the championship or, or League One, and, and he's definitely going to get minutes. That's There's never a guarantee of that. So it there's a lot of moving parts that go along with that. It's, it's, a, it's a tough agreement to just say, throw that guy out alone to get him minutes. But
2: I, I think that the one key element here is there's a time and a place for both. And I think that when you have a guy like Conte, which you're hoping is going to come in and remake the, the way that this organization does things, and he has, I think that you want a young guy, a young professional to get that experience, especially after the turmoil that Dane Scarlett's seen in this club over the last 18 to 24 to 36 months. So you get that you give him the new contract to say, we're invested in you. We're invested in your development. You know how we get shit done around here because you've yeah. been here and you've seen it. Now, I want you to go to uh, MK Dawn's, or I want you to go to, you know, wherever, it doesn't matter. I want you to go out on loan and I want you to get first team minutes and I want you to get toughened up because you're 18 and I watch these European clubs kick the shit out of you and you not get a decent look in the box the entire European campaign. And everybody wondered what was going on. Well, it's My guy's playing against 36-year-old veterans of the Slovakian League and he's getting his ass kicked. Yeah. And so, I, I, I mean... You're wondering what is going to to happen with a guy like that because, especially with a striker with that much talent, it's a confidence play, Chad. It's just like a pitcher; like you got to be able to back your guy, get him quality innings, getting quality outs, and make him feel good about his stuff. If you expect him to come back for the big club and do quality things. Last thing that I want to say before oh, I hand shit. it over to you, poor, poor, poor Dylan Mark and Andy actually got his move to Blackburn Rovers and tore his hamstring the second game.
0: Oh shit. It's you know what, tough, Chad, uh, Todd, you're, 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 you're totally right about that. I, that is, thank you for, for pointing that out hundred percent. I, I simply looked at the, uh, the, the minutes played and thought, oh, of course that guy did get an appearance. No, hundred percent. You're right about that. He did get a move and there's a lot of other players that got moves some of them we think are going to be permanent. We'll just run them down. Obviously, the Tangian and one will be figured out. Giovanni Lacelso, we know that that's not going to be rekindled at all. The Brian Heel one is interesting. There's a lot of talk that he this week that he is indeed going to to be moved on. Um, Troy Parrott, we still think is a part of the future. Uh, Pepe Mate Sar, 19 year old, played in France. We think that he's going to come back next season to, to to this club and be something. Maybe he gets another loan, but I I don't know. I think he's a, he's he's one for the future. And then Jack Clark is a is another one that is just kind of a, a big mystery and and has been for for a couple of years. Um, is there anything that needs to be said, Dakota? You want to jump in on any of those guys before we kind of put a a a, a rubber stamp on this season?
4: Yeah, and I am hoping with all I have in me that my Wi Fi makes it. Um, I think it would be <laughs> i think it'd be great for jack clark to be bought by sunderland um because that's where he needs to be and i think who moved who moved really up to, awesome to the championship to by the parrott. way i think it would be really awesome to send troy parrott to uh, to sunderland um to play with Dennis Serkin at left back to play with jack clark guys that he knows and to play um, with be alec awesome Pritchard and pape star to norwich yep
0: I'll just they say keep your eyes
4: To Norwich, have a little, yeah, Go ahead, have a little Skippy rekindling. Uh, I th- I think finding loans for these guys is not going to be super difficult um, because they have quality and I think we've got a good relationship with a lot of teams around here. I'm really hoping we don't sell Brian Heel. Paratici thinks that he can win a Ballon d'Or. I don't know if that's where he- his level is. But uh, we'll see. I hope he sticks around.
0: I I would not mind seeing Sar go to Norwich and help bring them back up to the Premier League after they just went down, kind of like Skip did season ago. That would be exactly. very, very funny. Um, I would enjoy that very much. But no, I, look, I, I think when we get to talking about these guys that went out on loan or you know, we're sold obviously like the Deli Alley thing that was a, a permanent and he's he's long gone and but some of these other guys there's some questions about. Um I know that Scott has like a lot of theories, and Scott Scott's Wi-Fi has fully crapped out on us, but Scott has a lot of theories about Ndombele coming back to the club. Those are things that remain to be I seen. I'm it. not gonna Yeah, I can go do ahead it for him. Go ahead.
4: <laughs> I think Tongi can fit really well in this Conte system. Um, whether or not there's anything that that's going to keep him there guys listen i understand that so much running needs to be done in this antonio conte system and i need you to understand that almost every time tangy and dombele was on the pitch he ran more kilometers than everybody on our team his work rate is not the issue when he is on the pitch it's getting him i to agree here enough to yeah, get on it's
3: caring one hundred percent. That's why I don't want him back.
4: Yep. You know, well, we, we, we gave the guy four managers in two and a half years. What's he supposed I, to care about?
3: Are you honestly
5: come I, back to a place that bans sauces and fizzy drinks. Hell no. And no, I think
3: okay. if it's a matter of caring, he he should have that intrinsic motivation anyway, if he's the player that he's supposed to be. I don't know. He That's should. just how I
2: feel. I, I think it's a matter I of professionalism think Conte and they can do it. Yeah, I, I think it's a matter of professionalism. Uh, I, I don't think that, that Conte is the type of guy that's going to cater to the the whims of uh, a prima donna player like Tanguy Ndombele. Um, especially somebody who hasn't won shit, like respectfully. Um, and, and, and I think that, that ultimately the type of player that Peratici is bringing in right now are Conte players. And, and Ndombele is not a Conte player.
3: And, you I know, we can be- say that he had four different managers and that was difficult for him, but it's probably also telling that he did not have a firm role in any of those managers' teams.
0: That's fair. I think I think that's a perfect place to leave it. And look, the Ndavile conversation is obviously one that is going to continue to develop in the weeks and months to come over the summer. We're going to figure out exactly what the hell is up and exactly how that's going to play out as it will with, with Brian Hill and, and, and many other names that, that we've brought up Um, Guys, this was really, really fun. And it was, I think this is our longest depot ever. And I'm blaming Chad fully for that. Uh, He joins and we just, we, we all decide to ramble on and on. And Uh, you uh, would agree that it would have been 20 minutes longer without me. That's no, I don't think it would have, but that's okay. I'm okay with it because this was our big end of season (laughs) extravaganza. And we've very much enjoyed it. Lots to celebrate. We were Spurs. extravagant. <laughs> Spurs are in the Champions League, and it's going to be a hot Wi-Fi summer. is many
5: years down the road.
0: Yeah, Wi-Fi has been an issue, uh, but but nothing else has, honestly. This has been a joy and a pleasure uh, and a thrill. Uh, we're going to run down socials Hots really summer, quickly. Uh, Todd is at TC underscore Cachoe. Dakota is at Dakota J Booth. Scott, our dearly departed due to Wi-Fi, is at DSM Spurs. Uh, Caroline is at CG Stefco. Chad is at Chad Moss thirty two. I am at Astedka. Those are all important. Don't get me wrong. Go follow all those accounts because we're all wonderful uh, and and we've all been very very good people to you. So for giving you this much content on a, on a, on a wonderful day uh, here in late May. Um, but the most important thing is that you go follow at Tottenham Depot. That is our podcast account. You can follow it on Twitter, you can follow it on Instagram, you can follow it on TikTok, which we allegedly still have and are gonna try and put out more content throughout the summer on there as well. Um, go leave us a rating and review. We're gonna be here, guys. This is like the season's over, and you know, it is what it is, but we're gonna we're gonna be talking even if it's not even about Spurs. If there's if we get a week where there's nothing going on and Spurs aren't announcing 150 million pound Uh, investments into their coffer for the summer like and you know Harry Kane's not doing weird shit on Jimmy Fallon show we're still going to be here to talk about stuff Um, but for now this is where we leave you with kind of our evaluation of the season that was and and each of these players we hope you enjoyed it I know I did Uh, for Scott for Dakota for Todd for Chad for Caroline I have been your host Andrew this has been the Tottenham Depot podcast as always come on you Spurs Thank you so much for stopping by the Tottenham Depot. Thanks to Scott
2: Bird for our intro music, as well as the tunes you are hearing right now. Thanks to Dakota Booth for our artwork. Thank you as well to our spouses who put up with our obsession with this football club and for all that they do. And thanks to you, the listener, who really makes this happen. Supporters make this club and you, the listener are what make this podcast possible. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Tottenham Depot. And as always come on you Spurs.